When the sun rises I wake up and chase my dreams I won't regret when the sun sets Cause I live my life like I'm a beast This is the Sales Mall Podcast Your hosts, Jerry Hill and Ryan Reiser Talk about the sales game And always keep it real Hey Ryan, what's going on, man? Another week, another personal best on life journey. How you doing? Life journey best. You're just getting off the the iron horse, yeah. getting into it, feeling feeling the groove. Um, yeah, on my side, I, I'm you know I'm feeling pretty good. I am uh, at a point now where uh, you know I'm in this um, this kind of coaching group called the uh, Art. Arte Syndicate it's by Andy Frisella and uh, Ed Milet. Uh, Andy Frisella is an entrepreneur behind First Form and the 75 Hard program that I've uh, been talking about a few times. And, and uh, yesterday, Ed, uh, they do like weekly calls and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be in person with them next week, which is going to be really awesome. But the uh, uh, yesterday was about scaling. And going back to the personal development stuff, it was like, you know, just like in life, you're either, you're either growing or you're dying. And in business, you're either growing or you're dying. And it really got me thinking because in my own business right now, I've definitely been growing fairly quickly. Um, but as a bootstrapped entrepreneur, you always question, you know, where do you put your resources and at what point do you, you know, kind of let it settle down versus just continuing to hit the gas. And yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I personally am just, just really fascinated with what's happening and the learning curve that I've had over the last six months or so and the data and the results and all that stuff. But from a growth perspective, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to get to this stage and then maybe let it settle out and then kind of do this. I don't know. What do you call that? Step function? Yeah. Step. Plateau, plateau growth, plateau growth, plateau growth, right? Yeah, step, but now I'm thinking, what, the, what am I thinking? Just, let's, let's just let's hit the gas, man. Figure it out. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> you got to find the bend pretty quickly, right? Uh, I only have one speed. Uh, that's why, you know, that's why they call me a racer, I guess. So, um, right. so we'll see what happens. I think I'm going to either grow myself out of business or, or, uh, or break some, break some records over here, but that's, that's, that's where I'm at mentally, man. Really, really excited. Uh, things are coming that. together nicely. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I've been soaking up some insight from a mentoring group as well called Savior World. Um, just gets you to be grateful. It doesn't force you to be grateful, but I think you think you through processes to be grateful and, you know, gratitude is an absolute superpower. I used to think it was a little bit woo woo, but it's not, you know, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been grateful to have been introduced to those guys. Um, other thing, just, you know, you know, I'm a great believer in karmic forces and, you know, I've just been spending a huge amount of my time at the moment, just giving, like just talking to people, giving them advice, helping them out, working through problems. And it's amazing how much of that stuff comes back. Yeah. So, you know, that's been sort of my focus over the past week or so is just continuing to behave that way. And it's, it's, it's gratifying. It's exhausting though. Because it's a different kind of tiring, right? It's, you know, not goal focused. 
and, and that's new for me. Everything's normally got an objective attack. So trying to figure that shit out is amazing. But back to the day job, quite an important topic today. And, and that is, I've been thinking about it through a couple of experiences recently. And that is that salespeople aren't customer service. Um, salespeople have got rights in conversations with customers. And my, my new belief and my long held belief, but it's just been reasserted this week, Ryan, is that customers are often wrong, very rarely right. And at what point and how hard should we be challenging them in order to assert confidently where you're the expert and where they're not? I think it's an important topic and it, uh, it's not just customers, right? It's the whole, I guess it's the whole customer journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, from the very beginning, those who tend to be top performers in sales versus those who don't have that challenger mindset, right? Uh, you're an expert, you're bringing something besides this widget feature functionality to the conversation. Uh, I know something um, that may help you see the world in a different light, may provide a level of perspective that you don't have. Um, I mean, that's why we do business together generally. It's not because of the widget or the feature or the system, right? There's in, in today's competitive landscape, especially in tech, it's very hard to differentiate this feature from that feature, that tool from that tool. And even if it is differentiated today, I mean, the, the, the tools are going to become pair, you know, you know, pretty, pretty similar in a very short period of time. Um, so how do you differentiate yourself? And that starts from the very beginning of the conversation. But it, it, it's so important throughout the journey. And I think um, uh, personally, I struggle with it some, from time to time. You know, there's areas of my sales process or methodology where I, I, I insert myself. Uh, and I can clearly see that the individuals that I'm working with see me as, a, as an expert. And then there's other times where maybe I, I feel like I'm not challenging enough if you say you know as you say um, you kind of slip back through that but uh for you wh what are what are some examples that got you thinking about this recently or what what piqued your interest in wanting to talk through this if uh yeah um i think there's three things that converge and i think there's a little bit of weakness in leadership that they require consensus to drive a decision and, and filtering through opinion from a variety of different people in the same conversation, typically at the end of a sales process is fundamentally difficult because in the world you operate in and the world I operate in, they're similar worlds. Sometimes we're exposing bad performance, bad capability, a lack of ability, a lack of will, a lack of drive in the salespeople that we see and test. So you can't, highlight that insight particularly easy so then you just have to be interrelatable with numbers and a numbers narrative and sometimes people don't understand the numbers you have to challenge them on the numbers you know you saw a 750 percent increase in the number of conversations that you normally see in a single week 
is that not valuable enough? It's that sort of kind of question and answer that there's a reason you're engaging with that. There's a reason you engage with salespeople in general. There's a reason why you engage with the process. There's an expectation. You achieve the expectation, and yet it's still not good enough. And, you know, I think it's just that sort of crumbling set of expectations happening in front of you and around you, regardless of how good a job you did earlier in the process, that I find a bit disappointing sometimes. And here's the control mechanism. You can't get emotional about it, even though you're attached to the outcome or you're attached to the conversation. You just can't, right? You, if, you, if you become emotional, you show something irresponsible. You show something unprofessional. You show something else. So you just end up in these quite sort of passive-aggressive conversations which don't lead anywhere. And what have you done? You've just wasted cycles of time. Mm. Yeah. I find it interesting because I... Uh, so you, you, you cut across that, right? I find it interesting because the, uh, the times when I feel like things are going well in the sales process, uh, I've taken time to be super clear on certain elements really harp on something that I think is really important to understand. You know, let's talk about the numbers, for example, right? Math of sales. I, you know, I can create this fantastic model and really set expectations around um, what to expect if they were to move forward in a, a program, for example. And, um, you know, what their current state looks like, because they, most of the times they don't really have that. Um, and what that will look like if they, if they, you know, kind of step on the gas a little bit and really hard on it, just, you know, okay, we're on the same page. And then fast forward six months, not even six months, three months sometimes. And the model could look exactly with what you expected. Look, we're, we're tracking right? We've done this many activities. We've had yeah. this many conversations. And, it, and it's almost like clockwork. Well, I expected more. Um, and there's a disconnect because I think that when you're going through it, and at least I know, I actually, I know this is true. I'm a, I'm a spreadsheet guy. Most people are not spreadsheet people. They just get lost in the numbers. They're shaking their head and they're excited because it's like, wow, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Yep. Sounds like you got it. Yep. Yep. That sounds good. Let's just get going. I have other priorities and you didn't uncover that. For me, I thought I was, I thought I was there. I spent all this time. I got this beautiful model. I think I'm so excited. They're, they're nodding their head. They bought in. We're doing our thing. We're hitting our numbers. And you just showed up to that meeting that, that time. It's like, I just expected more. You're like, What? But that whole time, they just weren't paying attention to that thing that you thought they were. They, they, just, they just missed it. Um, and only, only recently, I've realized that, um, well, I mean, I've known this a little bit, but I'm starting to realize that there, when you think you've said something too many times, almost at, a, at an annoyance level of, of things to get people to understand what you're saying, only then uh, have, you, have you just started saying it maybe enough. You've got to continue to go beyond that until yes. like there's that, you know, go to the Chris Boss thing around the, that that's right thing. And almost, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've always felt weird about these tactics. I've never been formally sales trained, but like 
almost asking the customer to repeat what they expect back to you in their own language and, and then listen and hear because, um, you know, that to me seems to be one of the biggest challenges. And I don't know if you can ever solve for that. I know, you know, with, with the work we've done together before, you see how frustrated I can get later in stages where it's like, like there's just this misalignment, but that happens in every organization. You can do your best to align expectations, show capabilities, proof of concept. And then there's this jumbleness of this gap between expectation and deliverable. I mean, there's, there's memes out there around, you know, client expectations, client budgets, and like, you know, the guy standing on the Game of Thrones thing, <laughs> this is their expectations. He's sitting on like a pool toys, you know, a chair, like that type of stuff obviously is happening over and over and over and over again. Like, how, how do we get there? And I don't, I don't want to talk about challenging, but is it, is it challenging? Is it communication? Is it over communication? That's where I'm I think, at. Well, I think I'm picking that. You need to over communicate. And I think some of the times when I have frustrated customers or when I get frustrated, it's because the communication comes up somewhere. You need to over communicate. I've got one customer, probably my biggest customer, me and the chief revenue officer text every single day. Just a small text. How do you think it's going, Jerry? I think it's going pretty well. I think it's going badly. I think this could be happening. So just over-communicate is always a good thing in these situations. But sometimes it's a wiring, it's a mindset, you know. I think this is about, about the cross-cultural chasm a little bit, right? I think that we're taught in the UK, you're taught in the US to be optimistic. We're taught to look for best, not worst. I find sometimes when I deal with like Northern Europeans and, and Central Europeans and, and parts of Europe, which I do more and more of every single day now, their systems, the way that they're wired, their education systems, the upbringing, it's cynicism's the first response. So you're like, how could this be any better? 500%, 1,000%, 10,000%. At some point, the numbers stop making any impact at all because they're like, you did your job or you didn't do your job. And it's quite hard to get a definition of what good, great or better looks like sometimes. So I think that's just a bit of a personal frustration. I think the second thing is, this is kind of my new North Star off the back of having to be a little bit more contentious recently. Because I've been quite lucky in the past 18 months to get it factors being relatively high with my customers. And I'm starting to come into that sort of, I've got through early adoption phase in the market and now I'm starting to come into this sort of dense phase where people want to see, but they don't necessarily know what they want to see. Mm-hmm. so you know i think some of that momentum is sort of almost colliding into a brick wall a bit i mean the momentum isn't the momentum is great but the expectations are slightly different and i think my new north star is did i do my absolute best in every single conversation i had and if i can't say yes to that i can't sleep so i just find it incredibly infuriating when you run an exceptionally clear program for someone and there's still confusion on even some of the most basic things. And here's the question, at what point do you get salty and blame them for not understanding? Or at what point do you get introspective and reflect on your own performance to ensure it doesn't happen again? And my belief is sometimes you just need to get salty with your customers. And I hate it because I love being customer first. But Sometimes you just need to go and snap them back into place. Well, I think that's the, that's the trick there. You know, I don't know. 
depends how you define salty, but um, for me, my my north star around that stuff is okay. Well, clearly the disconnect has to be it has to be my fault because you're not hearing me. Yeah, I mean, at, and then at some point, if I've done my best, then it's like, look, this isn't working. And I've done this recently um, for a few folks where it's just like, hey, this is clearly not a fit. No problem. Yeah, I've done it all. Um, and uh, and it's interesting what happens. Um, I actually have a meeting. I actually have a meeting today with somebody where it's like, look, I've tried a few times. Um, it's clearly not going to work because you know some of the stuff I'm doing is not what I want to be doing. I'm doing it only because there's this bigger pie I'm trying to go after, but that bigger pie is not being prioritized. So we're just you know this will be the last kind of block of things I'll do with this. And lo and behold, now the people are coming in like, well, no, 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 we want to figure this out. Like, well, I, you know, uh, okay, thank you. You know, but it took me to say, I'm going to go ahead and go another direction because I've tried. Um, and, and if I look at what's happened so far, some of it is just me expecting that, you know, my standard deliverables will, will do the trick, but this is a much larger organization that has a lot of stuff going on. And, um, and, you know, I think my, my position on there was, was super fair. It's like, Hey, look, if you guys got a lot of other priorities. It's, it's fine, but I'm not going to spend my time doing this thing that makes me yeah. just not, it's not on my track, but now because I've done a good job over here um, and I'm going to leave this piece, I'm just saying no to all of it. It's, it's yeah. opened up their interest of learning or wanting to hear me out at least like, Hey, we want to figure out something that'll work. You know, but if that continues down a cycle, it's just like, you know, I now know it's like, Hey, look, we're just going to move. We're just going to move forward. It's, it's okay that we were there. We're not going to move here. No big deal. Um, and I think that power of no is super important, but I think the challenge is most salespeople is um, they're always hungry for more. And so they spend a lot of time with people that are never going to get there. Right. So I think the balance becomes, it's not so much being salty because you can communicate in a, in a fair way being customer centric, but but understanding your worth and your time investment um, in a deal, and and you know, I've I've been a I've been a uh, one known to to be a little bit uh, a short fuse in the past, and and uh, these days, you know, these days I, uh, I I I'm working on saying, hey, look, I I would like to figure out X, Y, and Z. Where's the gap? Yeah. And then from a communications perspective, also do my best to try to communicate the story in ways that I've been, I'm not as comfortable with, right? So we've got the verbal communication, we've got our written communication, you know, audio and visual using videos and things like yeah. that. And so going back to the consistency things, like how do you, how do you say what you said two or three different ways? It's a lot of extra work, but sometimes that, that does help, um, improve the the communication within a group um but then you also know like when there's all these extra questions and a bunch of people asking stuff like you just went to it's like i've said this five different ways like hey look yeah. clearly like this is not for me <laughs> we, we, we've got a new term uh coined on some brilliant behavior but by your friend and, and mine recently rich kamikowski and we've called it the rich k walk away which i love and yeah, no, he's we've been reviewing some of his game tape on chorus where he's like, doesn't seem like you get it, guys. Thanks for a great day. There's not a bit here. <laughs>
And uh, I think that's some of the most powerful language in selling. Sell it to, sell it to prospect. Doesn't sound like there's a fit here. Yeah. Doesn't seem like we're right for you. Doesn't seem that's like it's hit and, and that's okay, right? Um, I think a lot of people think that that's not okay. You know? Um, it's important. I actually think as a part of our our duty yeah, as sales professionals is to not just sell shit. It's also to not oh, sell yeah. the wrong shit to the wrong people, you know, um, and, and, and let them know why, you know, I think that's important. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. So I think the cliff notes are it's okay to defend your position. It's okay to reiterate your value. It's okay to over-communicate if somebody doesn't get something. It's okay to assert a position, a, a point, be confident in that. It's always okay, but at some point it's also okay to turn around and say, listen, we've given it the old college try. We, we just don't think this is ever going to work out. Here's the other question that, that comes out of this. Often those behaviours are heavily predictive of what it will be like to service that customer if they were to become a customer. Do you agree with that? Say that one more time. Sometimes the behaviours that a prospect or a suspect shows us in the selling process they get to that magical point where they get conviction and they decide to become a customer. I often believe that the behaviors in the selling process are leading indicators or future indicators of how they're going to behave as a customer. And oh, the absolutely. absolutely right. uh, how responsive someone is, you know, um, how open are they to sharing important information? Uh, you know, if you're having to pull teeth and like beg for follow-ups and, uh, oh, well, maybe let me go. It's just like, yeah, that's a no. Click <laughs> next, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you want people who are engaged and open and communicating throughout the process. If they're, if they're, I mean, there's obviously a difference between once there's some trust established and you got to understand that, um, that piece of it over time, it can get better, but you know, someone's an asshole, somebody's, uh, you know, withholding information, somebody's not providing correct information, whether they, they know it or not, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're just saying stuff that is not true. Those are all things that will almost get amplified in the, most often in the, in the in the paid engagement as a customer and those are indicators that oh man yeah those flags should be going off yeah. but i get you know if you're if you're a, if you're a more junior rep trying to figure some of this stuff out for the first time you won't know these things until you've experienced it but you know um pay attention to those spidey senses right we it takes time to build up that, that instinctive behavior though, Ryan, right? Like it, it's not a thing. It's like finding a job too. And I tell a lot of reps this, the same. It's, it's, when you're getting a job, it's selling, right? You're selling yourself to the company, but the company should also be selling themselves to you. And if you feel like there's not a connection, there's a good chance that when you get in that organization, it's not going to be a good fit. 
And then same thing in the sales process, right? Like, yes, you are trying to, to, you're the salesperson, you're trying to get a deal done, but you know, there are, there are customers that should also, if you feel very confident in your abilities to serve them, they should also, there's this element of, Hey, are you good enough for me as well? Cause we do have, we do have a status level, right? Not anyone with a card is going to be my client, at least if you want my service level here, which is going to differentiate me from Joe Schmo over there. Um, and, um, you know, just like in an interview, you know, feel, feel out and have those, um, check boxes, right? Does this person communicate well? Does this person tend to provide information that is credible and reliable and consistent? <laughs> uh, those types of things are so important. Do they respond to their exam task, right? You know, giving your customers tasks and actions to execute again. Why I've become really obsessed with running my bigger project in mutual action plans now. Defining a process, showing them the process, getting them to agree to the process, getting them to agree to the things that they need to do, getting them to share the resources that they need to make it a success. You know, that's huge. And, and that's generally a leading indicator of whether or not they're going to be good customers or that they've got intent to solve the problem because people aren't going to waste their time on that level of work if they don't want to solve the problem. And um, that's essentially what we're in the business of doing is persuading people that the problem is of significant size, scale and issue that they need to solve it. And I guess one of my big frustrations which sort of centers this whole discussion today, Ryan, is that the five to six years sales of people, probably longer even, have been told that it's not okay to be persuasive, that it's not okay to challenge, that it's not okay to sell, just to guide a buying journey. And, you know, that's that's a macro trend that I'm very, very frustrated by. And, you know, I'm starting to ensure that my behavior stands out as somebody who's willing to challenge people to think slightly differently. You know, I, I think that that's a real value prop to, for the individual salesperson who's willing to be different and persuasive and counterpoint, you know. What do you think about that? So look, I, I get this. People call me a honey badger or something like that, right? I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, well, you're just like you're just well. you're just very like you have a very diff you have a very aggressive approach, Ryan. I'm like, what? No. You know, I don't think you do. I I am doing my job to help this individual know that the reason I'm reaching out is I believe in my heart that I have something that can help them, and. Again, I'm not trying to push somebody into something they don't want to get into when the time's right, but especially early on, I have to get them to want to spend a few minutes to really talk about if, in fact, their organization has the problem yeah. or the threats or the missed opportunities that, that I am representing, right? I, most people give up so fast. Um, I mean, and, and I've, I've, I've had some folks on to my live that have a different approach. Um, you know, obviously I competed against the guy who has a different approach who, you know, couldn't, he said he was going to fill my calendar, couldn't get anything on the calendar. Um, and it's simply because of the simple fact of you're not asking for what you came to ask for, which was in the beginning, at the very top of the funnel is just your time, right? I'm only here to find some time to talk to you about these things. Now, if you want to give me some of that time now, we can talk about it, but that's simply why I'm here. You want some of this credibility. Oh, and I had, I had a fantastic conversation recently with, um, 
I didn't know it at the time. He's a CEO of a company, but when I called him back, because he was pretty aggressive with me at the first time, he's also he's a he's a a partner in a PE firm, so he runs multiple companies and apparently a top of funnel expert. And after battling and challenging my conversation for a few back and forths, uh, we have a follow on next week um, where he's like, actually, this probably makes sense. Um, I think that you know, he thanked me for continuing to push and not get off the phone. But at the first time that like, he got pissed, it's like, look, man, I'm going to hang up on you now. Like that type of thing. It's like, but I don't hang up. I, I don't, I don't stop a conversation. Right. I, I never do. Uh, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep going. Even when there's a level of um, clear, but, but what other people would see as frustration or whatever, um, that's on me if my approach is off. I get it. I can go back and try a little less of a tonality or whatever, but I will keep attempting to get to the information I need to have because that's the job of the sales professional, That period. You know, you can call that honey badger. You can call it whatever you want. It's not aggressiveness. I got to get to the, I got to get to the completion. I have to. Sales pro, not sales person. The sales pro does that job well, Ryan, and it's everyone else doesn't. So anyway, that's, I, I, that's the job. You got to get to a completion. You, that's, you, you have to, like, you don't, you don't get 80 to 90% of the conversations you start with are going to be like, nope, I don't think so. Nope. We're good. Thanks. Nope. All good. Not interested. Thanks for calling though. Yeah. And then there's this simple term. Hey, Jerry, just out of curiosity. And then insert some sort of question. If there was some level of intent, you just go back to the intent. Why were you engaged with us in the first place? You know, these are opportunity follow-ups. Hey, we're good. We went another direction. Just out of curiosity. Why were you talking with us in the first place? And what direction did you decide to go? And why? And why? And why? And why? Until they basically hang up on you. That's your job. It's not aggressive. You're just getting information needed to determine if there's really a fit or not. Yeah. Sorry. That, that, that got me pretty fired up. Um, but it's our job as a salesperson. Um, we're not, uh, you, you have to have tact and you have to understand that. And I think there's some people that don't have the um, emotional intelligence to adjust to certain scenarios and understand when to go, you know, certain levels of, like, I don't want to call, I don't even want to call it pressure. It's not even pressure. It's just what types of questions to ask when and how, Etc. But that's a skill set. Like I'm not great at all that stuff. Sometimes I fuck that up. But it's so important, Jerry. Yeah, it's I totally agree. So important. Totally agree. I think we can land the plane there, right? I think that's pretty, pretty <laughs> novel, contentious, and topical conversation that I think most salespeople wrestle with is: at what point do we apply pressure? At what point do we take it off? At what point do we get frustrated with? lack of understanding, um, over-communicate, do your job, complete conversations, assert your value, be persuasive, be a sales pro is essentially the key takeaway, right? Solve a problem or go away. Even more clear. All right. Until next time. Until next time. See you later, sir. Yeah, that one's in the can, buddy.